Desi, Desi Hasler. Yeah, mate, doing good. Yeah, quick one. Yeah, shoot. Right, you're going to get a tattoo. Uh-huh. Got a few of them. Yeah, I believe that, you troublemaker. Have I got Jeff Toovey's new number? Uh, maybe changes it all the time, but I could probably dig it out for you. Why, what are you two got cooking up? Two starts tattooing. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, uh, that's a bit of a different one. Right. What are you looking to get? Eagle gang for life on your back. Yeah, smart, Desi. Yeah. Look, I don't know how much advice I can give you, mate. Yeah. Um, well, plenty of pawpaw on your back. And can you sleep on your stomach? You thought of that, yeah. Of course you can, because you rock hard abs, you'll be, you'll be fine. Yeah, cool. Mate, does he have any insurance? No, no, of course, because he's doing it. He'll be doing it in his kitchen. Yeah, no no worries, Des. I'll, I'll shoot through that number. Yeah, thanks, mate. Oh, you got to go? Yeah. Oh, hang on for me. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NRL show, season two, episode 29. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. And tonight, it's just myself and you guys. We, we're a few troops down. Um, let's just say that uh, a lot of fun was had at Magic Round, and uh, yeah, we've got a few we've got a few sore heads out and about. But uh, uh, look, before we talk about war stories, let's quickly jump into our warm-up. And the what? And a two, and a one, two, three. Why you not Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. So, Cos, we have quite a little funny uh, warm-up topic tonight, which we'll get to in a second. But first of all, the listeners want to know, how was Magic Round? Uh, you know, what was, yeah, talk talk to us about it. Oh, I only got to go on Friday because I missed out on tickets on Saturday. So I was spewing about that because that's when the Dragons were playing. But it was good fun. So I think we started off at the Paddo. So we had a few pre's there, some nice meal, and then down, watched the two games. And the atmosphere was great even though it had been raining all week. Um, but the crowd came out in force over the whole weekend. So, um, yeah, the Friday night, I give it a big tick. So don't take it away from Brisbane, please. Keep it here. <laughs> that was going to be my next question because I I really feel like the, the NRL have stumbled across something like, you know, there, there, there hasn't been too much innovation in our game. In fact, you know, when you think about rule changes and stuff, we've probably got it quite wrong. But this is something that the NRL is totally now. Now, yes, we've stolen it from the oh, UK. Okay, so we can borrow uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's right. Borrow, I think, is a better term. But um, yeah, th- th- this is this is working. And I guess my fear is that if we did shift it, it would become like a nines tournament. You know, there might be some low attendance maybe towards the back end, whereas it just packs out. And then you know, um, and yeah, everyone's been shouting out the grounds people there. Um, and I've got to do the same. How they kept that 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 field together. Um, with all that weather was was pretty incredible. Um, all right, well let's have a look at the run sheet. And uh, again, Dana stitched us up here with um, with this question. We're definitely going to have to get her answer from it as well because it's a bit difficult yes. for her not being in the show. Um, she wants to know what's our worst team breakup memory. Um, Cos, going to start with you. Well, yeah, I saw this. And I went. I don't really want to go back here, so <laughs> I'm just going to keep it short and simple. But um, just I was an awkward and shy teenager but I did happen to date someone but then 
um, was ghosted, and then I saw him at a party with his ex-girlfriend. So, yeah, that was, mm. yeah, fun time. So brutal, brutal. don't really want to go back to. <laughs> and, and I guess it's, you know, it's just for our, all of our, you know, younger listeners out there to say, you know, it happens and, you know, look how great life is now as we as we get up. Oh, Mine was... Um, <laughs> Just got to be careful they're not they're not an avid avid listener of this show. I think that that very well be, might be the case. So anyway, hello to uh, insert name here. Uh, look, mine was mine was quite funny actually. You know, dating someone who was a little bit older than me, and I remember because you're not going to believe this, but they broke up with me via my parents. So yes, back in the day that we didn't have mobile phones, they they called the landline and spoke to my dad and broke up via my parents. So I got a knock on the bedroom door that said, hey, just, uh, you know, <laughs> here to deliver the, the bad news. So, uh, yeah, Cos, I, I definitely feel you there with a little, little bit of trauma. But, hey, look, it, 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 all, it all works out, makes us tougher people, and, uh, yeah, can't, can't wait to dig into a few of uh, Dana's stories next week. Oh, I, I know. Can't be as bad as getting a divorce by fax, I think. Isn't that the famous Phil Collins one? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's it. All right, my friend, let's talk some rugby league. Uh, let's jump into our first segment, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Is Cameron Smith, this outstanding leader. Thurston, he hits it, he's yes! got it! He's got the field goal! Andrew Jock, inside for Elba. You just knew something special was going to happen. Yeah, one of our more favourite uh, series here on the Mojo Sports NRL show, and that is our All Ball Player in Focus Legend series. And this week, we're diving into the great uh, Darius Boyd. Now, yeah, Darius obviously hasn't been out of the game for too long, but certainly had an incredible career, and one we're very excited to dive into tonight. Cause I'm going to throw throw it over to you to to chat a little bit about, um, I guess, where it all started for Darius, and yeah, what an incredible story. Yeah, I think I. And he hasn't been out of the game for very long, so I think maybe some of our memories or thoughts about him are haven't had the time to percolate and really, um, really reflect on how good a career he actually has had. I think um, still a lot of the thoughts we have are on the off-field side of things, and um, now he is very much known as a ambassador for mental health and well-being, um, and I think. That has come after a lot of tough times and he learnt a lot himself, I think, during that journey as well to, to wanting to be well and, and get and finding help. And um, we were talking about this earlier, but he like that that is a legacy that he I think will have in the game, um, the promotion of mental wealth mental health and well-being. So I think um, that is front of mind for me. But in terms of his career, it was again looking at um, how he debuted in was it 2006 and retired in 2020. Just the, the changes in the game over that time and the year that he retired as well. That was like a COVID year, so it was just it's it's just hard to imagine how much change that he went through in a professional rugby league career. So um, yeah, there's there's a lot to unpick and unpack yeah. with Darius. I think yeah, yeah and, and he's still you know even being out of the game for a couple of seasons now he's still only 34 years of age so i'm sure he could uh you know still throw on the boots he had a little bit of a well i was going to say a cameo but it was a little bit more more um you know in in SAS you know through that TV series and showed again just some of his uh you know mental physical resilience and look i'm sure he could still lace on the boots and he, could, he probably easily could have played a few years um in in the super league that's for sure but uh, look um definitely agree with your points in and around sort of mental health awareness in and around Darius Boyd i really feel like he he was the first player where 
you know, it, it's not it's not that he was the first player where we re- we really took it seriously, but we we were able to absorb it. I, f- I feel like before that there was a lot of different narratives about it, but you know, obviously over the years we've learned more and more about it, and you could just see. And I, I just respect Darius so much for coming out. You just think about you know all of the people that he's supported by you know you know vocalizing some of the challenges that he's sort of gone through and you know he certainly didn't have um you know an, an, an easy sort of pathway into um rugby league but you know whilst it did sort of raise some challenges later on in his career I really feel like cuz that was the chip on his shoulder that he kind of needed to really push into a Brisbane Broncos squad and system that was you know, one one of the best we've seen in sport. You know, like for Darius to kind of break in during that time, you know, he he was a very young, a very talented player who had all the athletic ability in the world. So yeah, let's take it back to to two thousand and six, seven, and eight because um, yeah, to, to be donning those colours during those years, that's uh, that's pretty impressive to, to start his career. Yeah, he um, and then just the start to the end because I was just looking like. From a difficult start, he did play. Was it three hundred and three hundred and thirty-seven games? Like, like again, I I don't think I fully comprehend the the breadth of his career. Um, and and starting from out in the Gold Coast, and he played um, cup with Burley Bears, and then yeah, moved up through to to be part of that Broncos um, Broncos team. So imagine, imagine that. Imagine you know going out there and winning a premiership in your first year. You're probably thinking like. How how easy is this rugby league thing, right? Like, just go out there, do our thing, and uh, yeah, to, to win to win a premiership in, in his first season that that's that that was pretty special. That 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 particular team. But then that that's when the hard work starts. You got to keep it up. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No, it's um it, it's pretty impressive. All right, well, and let's talk about his journey and his connection with Wayne Bennett because you don't talk about Darius Boyd without talking about Wayne. Because it, it was, um, you know, great to see. You know, Darius has come out and said that, you know, obviously he thinks of Wayne as almost like a father figure, and that was really special to see. You know, just you know, forgetting the rugby league side of things, but you know, the bond that they had, you know, the mateship and the support, and you know, obviously when Wayne took the job at, at St George, um, you know, his first signing was Darius Boyd, and you know, how did how did you feel at the time? You know, with with the Wayne Bennett Darius Boyd duo heading to the Dragons. Could you have envisaged that, you know, it would have led to that success in, in, in 2010? See, again, I'm a conflicted fan because I, if I knew now what I knew then, I would probably warmed to the whole thing a lot more. Um, but, again, he, I cannot, I cannot say thank you enough for helping us win a premiership. So well done, Doves, for that one. Um, but I don't know, it's such it's such a personal for me. It's very it's I've got a swelling of emotions, just like the memories and then knowing what we know now and everything about him. But I think there's no denying that he was a good player. So I think um I'm trying to wipe away everything else about what we know about him. He obviously is incredibly talented, won the won the um Clive Churchill medal as well when we won. We, I wasn't there, but when the Dragons won that I'd, premiership, I'd so <laughs> yeah, so I was supporting. Um, so I, I think just yeah, wanting to to like, why was he such a good player? I think he was um, he was quite versatile as well, and he he did have leadership on the field. I think, um, and just having him there as part of that team was really obviously a big key to to the success that the Dragons were able to find. Yeah, and I think there comes a point you know, in your career where you really need a change. And as much as obviously, you know, Wayne Bennett was really the trigger for Darius 
to move on. I really feel like that was the best thing for him because he leveled up. You know, let's be honest. You know, he was a very talented outside back for the Brisbane Broncos, but moving to St. George, you know, they obviously had their challenges and, you know, Wayne and Darius got together and they developed him into a fullback. And cause I, I was really, really impressed with his performance. And, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk more about sort of his later years, but that was definitely, um, you know, Darius at his peak at the Dragons where, you know, you forget that this guy didn't grow up playing fullback. He had to learn that position, and I thought he was absolutely magic. And, you know, one of my memories of your St. George team in, in 2010 um, is, you know, they were so one-side dominant. It was unbelievable because everyone everyone in the stadium, you know, the, the, the fans, the opposition, both coaches, everyone knew the plays that you guys were going to produce, but they just could not stop it. And, and Darius had had a lot of, um, you know, saying that. So for me, you know, that premiership that the Dragons have, and hey, I don't need to, I don't need to tell you, it's been a little bit challenging since in terms of, in terms of trying to get another one. I, I think Darius has got a, yeah, he, he was, he was a big part of that. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely he was. So I think um, so. we'll always have happy memories of, of Dubs and, and the Wayne Combo at, at the Dragons there because, yeah, premierships, baby, we love them. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. All right, well, we spoke about breakups in the warm-up and, you know, there was another breakup there with the Dragons and Wayne got poached and headed to the Newcastle Knights in what was the craziest period in the history of my club. That That's its own podcast series uh, in its own right. But, you know, the Nathan Tinkler years, you know, throws, splashes a lot of cash, um, you know, gets Wayne Bennett, um, and then again Darius follows him to Newcastle. Um, you know, th- there's some mixed feelings out there in terms of, um, you know, Darius's time at the Newcastle Knights cost. But for me, I still remember, you know, the positives. You know, for me, I, I really feel like, you know, Newcastle are a club who struggle to go out and buy, you know, the the, the elite representative players. You know, Newcastle really struggle to, to attract those players. You know, even when you look at Kalen Ponga, we, we took a chance on a young kid and it turned out he was great. So, you know, for Darius Boyd, you know, he was a really big signing for us and I thought he brought a lot of quality to our football team. And, you know... Were those years a little bit of a disappointment from a team's perspective? Sure, but, you know, we were one win away from doing something pretty special. You know, that, uh, you know, Danny Badiris' last year there, you know, the the broken jaw, that semi-final against Sydney Roosters, had that been a little bit different, maybe maybe we're telling a different story. But, yeah, look, for me, um, you know, I, I feel like he was, um, you know, he, he was a player that Newcastle needed at that particular time, and you could certainly see that he still had a lot of quality um, about him. Because, you know, it was very interesting because we then moved back to, you know, he gets his opportunity to come back to, to Brisbane. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting. A lot of people kind of felt like he was starting to decline a little bit. But, you know, he, he was able to play another five years for the Broncos. Um, and then, obviously, we're going to get to his representative career shortly. But, yeah, kind of great that he was able to, to, to come back home and, and finish where it all started. Yeah, I think it was it was good for him to be able to come back to sort of where it it all began. Um, again, I think I don't know if it, enough time has passed to properly reflect on that because, uh, again, a Bronco, Broncos are a team and a club that you know fans and demand success. So it was a, a bit of turmoil and a bit of I don't know, lots of pressure there. So the final year is obviously a bit difficult, but um, I think overall, and then even through talking about this tonight, I'm like. I'm looking more fondly and softly on his career and just more understanding about how difficult it might have been and just the challenges that he faced and overcame. And I think just the respect for that and 
all the stuff, again, we've got time in the off-field. So in those final years while maybe his playing or had, I don't want to say decline, but wasn't he wasn't at, at the, the top of his game like he was when he was winning the premierships, but he was doing so much more. He was so much happier and healthier and doing so much more off the field as well. So I think um, when you marry that together into a person, that's I think that's a, a show of success there. Um, that he was able he was able to finish on his terms as well. I think, um, and he deserved that. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's a bit of a lesson to a lot of players out there as well, where you know naturally you do start to decline a little bit physically, and you know it, it's about you know putting yourself in the best position to be successful. And I just felt the challenge for Darius is he was in a situation where, you know, for the last sort of eight years of his career, he had to carry those football teams. He had to carry the Newcastle Knights. He had to carry the Brisbane Broncos. And there comes a point where he's like, you know, where's the, where's the support? Where, where, where are all the other stars? And, and you know, because, you know, the Newcastle Knights, Brisbane Broncos certainly weren't in that position. So you just wonder, you know, would things have looked a little bit differently had he have been playing in a, in a Melbourne Storm system, in, in a Sydney Roosters system where, you know, admittingly, as you get a little bit older, you can take a little bit of a backseat and use use sort of a you know a different part of your game. You know, your wis your, your wisdom. You know, in in and around the game. So, um, yeah, no, very impressive there. But the most impressive uh, part of Darius's career, because it's it's got to be his representative career, because. I mean, you know, we, 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 you know, we're going to be talking about Dan Gagai, I'm sure, in, in another uh, episode. He's probably the closest player I've seen to this happen. But Darius Boyd put on the Australian jersey, or in particular, he put on the Queensland jersey, and he just became a different footballer. He he levelled up every, each and every time he played, and that was regardless of um, of the years. So again, 28 caps for Queensland, 23 for Australia. Talk to us a little bit about his rep career because, um, yeah, Boyd was incredible there. Yeah, he always did well in Maroon. And I think um, you know, there was a bit of a joke, which is quite unfair that, you know, if you play outside English, you know, that's, you know, you're going to score some tries, which is true, but you still have to catch the ball and you have to put the ball down. So he did that quite a few times and I would have cheered every single time. So go the Maroons. But he, yeah, the, the amount of rep caps that he deserved and he earned and he played so well, I think um, that is, that is a feather in his cap. And it was impressive to watch. And he, was versatile in that arena as well. Like he would fill in in positions when, um, you know, there were injuries as well. So he could perform along that back line and um, he, he always did. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, and it's interesting to think about like the different personalities in the NRL. You know, there's always, you know, sort of the big vocal, you know, leaders out there that are big media personalities. Obviously Darius, you know, we've, we've learned a lot about him, but, you know, just he had a very different approach to, um, you know, communicating and his leadership. He was a guy who really led by his actions. But, um, yeah, 17 tries in 28 games, that, that, that's an incredible strike rate for Queensland. And as a New South Wales supporter, I, I'm just reliving each and every one of those tries now. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty special what he was able to produce. But, um, no, very, very impressive there. All right, Cos, well, we reflect um, with our final question in the Legend series, and that's talking about, you know, Darius Boyd, you know, is he a Hall of Famer? Um, you know, again, it's interesting to kind of pick out these legends at different parts of their, uh, I guess, time in the game. As you mentioned, Darius has only had a couple of years out. I wonder whether in a few years' time, when we go back and look at the CV, just like we have here, whether he will, um, you know, be considered given, you know, all of his success in particular for Queensland. But what's your thoughts on this? Um, Darius Boyd, a potential Hall of Famer. Yeah, it is interesting because if you just look at the figures, they are black and white. There, he he was an incredibly high achiever in the game. Um, I just I think we've got all our own 
other narratives around him wrapped up and it's it's still tightly held to him. So I think, yeah, a few more years of reflection and then maybe just those numbers will be like, yeah, absolutely he is. Like why why is it even a discussion? I think um, the premierships won, the rep games played, try scored, he's... He's done pretty well. You wouldn't look out of place. He's he's got the runs on the ball, that's for sure. Look, I'm going to say no, but that's just because I'm a salty New South Wales State of Origin (laughs) fan and he caused me so much pain. But, uh, no, a a quality player, a quality person. And, uh, you know, it's sad to see that, you know, he he sort of didn't play for a few more years there. But, um, yeah, no, very impressive career there from Darius Boyd. All right, well, let's jump into our, our second segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right, Cos, this is an interesting one. Battle of the Legends, and we head to Cronulla. We head to the Shire, the Cronulla Sharks. And, you know, this one we see Luke Lewis coming up against Paul Gallen. Now, I get it on paper. I'm sure everyone's saying, hey, this is just a, this is, um, you know, this is going to be a landslide victory to Gal. But just hang on a second, our listeners and everybody. Because uh, I, I got a lot of time and a lot of love for Luke Lewis. He's uh, a pretty special player. Let's start there before we throw all of our love to, I guess, the next heavyweight champion in Paul Gallon. He's got a bit of a new career going on. Uh, Luke Lewis, uh, 38 years of age now, um, you know, incredible player, 324 games in total, 208 for Penrith, 116 for Cronulla, you know, six foot two, 105 kilos. Because it's pretty interesting to reflect on, you know, when I think about Luke Lewis, obviously we've, we're talking about him, you know, in terms of his career at Cronulla, but, you know, he did play, uh, he did play over 200 games for the Penrith Panthers. He is a Westie. He started off on the wing during that premiership. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting to think that, you know, this young skinny winger from out, you know, Sydney West would turn into be one of the, the best, you know, one of the all-time great, you know, back rowers that we've seen. Absolutely. I think we forget, like you said, we have a vision of what he was when he played, but then you go, wow, he actually played for a lot longer in a very different position. And I don't know, I... Again, as a Queenslander, I am actually a big fan of Luke Lewis. I think he just, um, he just, he was pretty underrated. I don't think he can be underrated, but still be respect, like recognised. Yeah. He's one of those ones where I think um, people forget how how good he was and how much he did. And I, I think a lot of it is from hard work and seem like a always or it's a regularly cliche again, but always put in everything that he could. Um, I don't think he ever left anything out there. Um, and a versatile, a versatile player like uh, wing, centre, second row, five eight, into the second row, and then lock as well. Like he basically, I think um, he he even though he didn't start, he did play in every position on the field at some stage of his career. So. <laughs> Again, he, he always put his hand up to help yeah, do whatever yeah. the coach needed. That was kind of my, my memories as well. You like, uh, you know, just casually played all these positions. Uh, for anyone playing along at home, just try and do that. Just try and casually, you know, get an NRL contract, go out there, play all the different positions and uh, come back to us. It was pretty impred- incredible what Luke Lewis did. And look, you know, you know, controversial take, maybe not, but the best thing he ever did was leave Penrith. You know, he got to a position where he kind of achieved everything he could there at Penrith. He got a little bit stale and, and people kind of felt at that point in time that, you know, he'd really reached his potential. But, you know, obviously stepping over to Cronulla, because um, I, I just really felt like that fitted Luke Lewis down to the ground because he turned himself into, you know, this physical, uncompromising player. And, 
I guess if you surveyed the league and you said, okay, well, look, let's pick a handful of players that you would love to play alongside. Luke Lewis would be the first player picked because his experience, uh, you know, he's got all of that leadership and he's just, yeah, as you said, he just, he he did all of the shit work. You know, he got in there, did all the defensive work. He was very, very impressive. And to be honest, he was the leader that Cronulla needed because, you know, the journey for the Sharks in terms of winning that premiership, it just took so many years of building that football team. And I just really feel like Luke Lewis was a was a really big part of that in, in 2016. Yeah. I like the fact that he was considered like a tough forward, but he was a decent player. So I'm kind of moving towards the next one, but I think he is just a good, a good person and tough player on the field but no shit like he would do the shit yeah. work but no shit to his game so that makes sense but so I respected that and I liked that because he you know there's no denying he was a tough player and he was hard to come up against but he was never going to be dirty or grubby so. and, it was, and it was great to see him you know get a little bit of late success um in origin because you know his origin career was you know coming up against you know the you know, the unbelievable sides, uh, you know, he had 17 caps for New South Wales, 16 for Australia. And, you know, every time that New South Wales origin team was picked, it was Luke Lewis. And, and, and that was just, you know, no one, no one disagreed. It was you know, obviously, you know, he was, he was an origin player um, and, and a very, very impressive one at that. All right, let's throw it over to the man that, pe- you know, the, I guess the man that people either love or hate, <laughs> the great Paul Gallen. Because uh, I'm talking to a Queenslander right now, so I'm just preparing myself for uh, for your takes here. But, uh, yeah, look, I'll hand it over to you. Talk, me, talk to me a little bit about Paul Gallen because I'll say one thing. We haven't seen a player like Paul Gallen before, that's for sure. No, and I think I'm going to channel my inner Dana here and just go guns blazing. Like, <laughs> I was not the hugest fan of, like, again, I, if we look at the numbers, yes, undeniable um, like playing that many games at that level in the positions that he played. So some begrudging respect there. But as a Queenslander, I did not like him. I did not like watching him play. I did not like the way he went about his business on the field. It was a bit of a grub, dirty, punching Nate, like going through punching Nate Miles, causing the, the punch ban and everything. Um, it was ripping just, out it was stitches, just to build up his- things like that. I, no, I don't like that at all. So. <laughs> Because he was just trying um, to build up his, uh, you know, he knew that he was going to become a boxer. He was just trying to sort of build up his brand a little bit. Yeah. The cred. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then a few other sort of uh, controversies, obviously, that happened at Cronulla. But I don't know. I think, again, to being generous, looking at the, he obviously is a good player, but I, he would not be ever on my list of favourites. So. I, love, <laughs> yeah. I love this. This is so good. Yeah, this is exactly what Paul Gallen is about. Like you literally either love him or hate him. Yeah. And for me, I love him. I think that, you know, there was a period there and, and you know, obviously we're skipping past the his Cronulla Sharks career where he will literally go down as one of the greatest ever Sharks to ever pull on that jersey. And the fact that he was able to guide them through to that premiership was you know, incredible, absolutely elite. But, you know, you just automatically, when it comes to Gal, you think about his origin career. And there was a period there where New South Wales were getting bullied. They were getting beaten series after series. And I, I honestly, I wonder what that period would have looked like without Paul Gallen. Because if you actually go back and you look at some of those series and some of those games, 
Queensland, uh, you know, very few and far between were they big scores. It was two points, it was four points, it was six points, it was a play here, a play there with some of the greatest plays we've ever seen. And I, and I believe, despite the fact we weren't able to win, obviously, Queensland, you know, did their thing. But I, I feel like Paul Gallen was a really big part of that. He didn't take shit from anyone. He was an enforcer. And look, without Paul Gallen, I think, you know, you, you, we think eight series was bad. I think it could have been a, a, a hell of a lot worse um, had it not been for Gal. Um, look, in terms of, you know, breaking down a little bit of his play as well before we pick uh, the match here. Little- I'm going to say something about Origin because while, again, I, he's not of my favourites, like how good is he for Origin? Though? Like you need oh. to have players like that so we could channel our hatred to him. So when people go, oh, yeah, our Origin concept is dead, it's like just, just put a picture of Paul Gallen's face on and then they'll just fly you up because, I don't know, he, he was good for the game and good for the promotion of Origin because just the way he was. So it's, Queenslanders did hate him and I think he enjoyed coming up playing at Suncorp and getting booed because it's a visceral, visceral feeling from the, the, the crowd in the stadium that they did not like Al and he did not like them. So it was fun. It was yeah, fun. He, he, could, he could sell rugby league, that's for sure, and it's a big part of it. He can sell boxing now as well just quietly. But... Uh, yeah, no, look, pretty incredible, and, and a little bit undersized. You know, five foot ten. You know, wasn't exactly Nelson Sofasolomona. You know, out there, but you know, he, he played. You know, well above his, um, you know, size. You know, one hundred and fifteen kilos was a very awkward, um, you know, body shape in terms of you know forwards trying to find a, a good contact spot. There really wasn't any for Gal. Um, he was very, very hard to get down, and you know, just so incredibly tough. Um, yeah. What a player. Two absolute New South Wales legends. I loved uh, torturing you there, Cos, with those two plays in the match. But cannot sit on the fence when it comes to the match. We've got to pick our player. I think I know where you're going with this yeah. one, but I'm going to throw it over to you. Yeah, Lucas. And, I, and I, also, I enjoy his commentary as well. I think he does provide very good insight when he's um, talking about the game. So, Luke Lewis all the way for me. Yeah, I love that. Look, I'm going to go gal, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot, a lot of time for Luke Lewis. Incredible footballer. Two New South Wales legends there. And, uh, yeah, Cronulla Sharks legends as well. All right, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, because the North Queensland Cowboys are back. They're playing good football. Townsville's excited, but to be honest, the rugby league community's excited. So uh, we're going to go back and do a little bit of a reflection. We continue with our legend series. Who is our uh, who is our uh, favourite retired Cowboys player? There's quite a few to choose from here because uh, mm-hmm. I know this was painful for you to yeah. just pick one. So talk us through where your head's at and, and you know some of the options that you had. Yeah, well, this one is a lot more fun for me to talk about because like I had a big big list. So even like some of the um, sort of underrated or unsung heroes like Paul Bowman, but Josh Hannay, but Maddie Singh, I loved him so much, but it has to be Maddie Bowen. Like, he cannot go past a favorite player. Um, just the excitement he brought, Mango Magic, loved it. Loved it. He, uh, he brought a, he brought, he brought his own brand and his own sort of, uh, you know, well, I'll tell you a little bit of a story, cause I, I remember, you know, the Cowboys, they were awful. They were absolutely awful for a period there. And I remember Fox Sports in New South Wales would bury them in their time slots. They would often play, I'm probably exaggerating here, but, you know, it felt like 8.30, it was probably 9.30, 10 o'clock. It was late. But I, I would still tune in just to watch Matt Bowen. He was incredible. He was so electric. And, you know, there were a lot of games where, you know, the Cowboys would, would go down, but, 
you know, Matty Bowen would star. So it, do, it, it didn't matter whether they, they won, they lost, whether it was a, a close game or, or whether they got blown out or, or whether they won. Matt Bowen was always the star of the show. And, um, you know, again, because I've just I've got, always got so much love for the undersized player. And, yeah, you know, honestly, you think about all of the young Queenslanders that looked up to Matty and, um, you know, decided to play rugby league and are now in the system now. I, I really felt like he, he had a cult following and brought a lot of young juniors through. Yeah, and especially Indigenous players as well. From came from a very small town, um, Hopevale, and um, came through. Was boarding and was went through the North Queensland system there. But I think um, he was he is an example that you know you can come from anywhere, and if you've got the skills and are able to develop them, you, you can make it to the top. And he, and, he, and he did, he made it all the way to the top, and I just love that, and he was just so fun to watch. Yeah, what a footballer. Difficult to uh, to match that, but uh, look, I'm going to go with a little bit of a ring-in player. Um, not not too sure if you've heard of this guy. Um, came out of the Canterbury Bulldogs system by the name of Jonathan Thurston. Uh, a little bit handy with the football there. You know, it, it's interesting. You know, obviously we don't have time to, to dive into all of JT's accomplishments. We'll do that another time. Um, you know, I, I guess... You, you know, you are a very special player when you're compared to Andrew Johns, and there are serious debates that are out there at the moment. Was it Thurston? Was it Johns? You know, who was the better halfback? Because, you know, Thurston was, um, yeah, he had it on a string. He was, he was, he was a very, very special footballer. But you know, because what, what the other part of it, where you knew that he was a true legend, you know, where where is a little bit different was this constant fear of him retiring. And, and we had the same situation in the Newcastle Knights. As much as we were trying to, you know, live in the now and, and enjoy Andrew Johns and, and some of those great years, the, constantly in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what the hell are we going to do when this dude retires? And, and and the Cowboys were in that situation. Now, obviously, you know, Morgo came through and, you know, they were they were able to kind of, you know, um, you know keep things together for a little bit. But, um, yeah, it, it has been challenging. But, yeah, Jonathan Thurston, my all-time favourite Cowboys player, um, yeah, very, very, very special. And the player. two together, the two together was special, JT and Maddie. Yeah, and, and that sends out another message to our junior footballers is, you know, if you're in a team, get down to the park and just create that combination because, again, it, it didn't matter – the, the scoreline, it didn't matter the situation, you know, that JT combination of Matty Bowen through those kicks, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty special. Special. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> great memories, great memories. All right, team, well, if that's all the time we have tonight, Coz, uh, yeah, love it. Love getting down and uh, talking all things rugby league. Uh, to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support of the NRL show. How do you continue to support us? It is really simple. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.